Welcome back to the New Growth Podcast. I am your host, Yvonne and Kirika. And today we have an awesome gentleman by the name of Irv. He is originally from Miami. He is a visual storyteller. He has a passion for people, a love for building community. And he's just an awesome man. I met Irv, perhaps it was last year. And the thing that struck me the most about you, Irvin, is your hospitable spirit. And since then, you have welcomed me into your community and really have helped me get adjusted here in my time in Atlanta. And so I wanted you on the show today because I think you have an awesome story to tell. But before we dive into our conversation, I want to give you space to talk about who you are. Dope. Appreciate it. I think you did a great job just kind of saying who I am and the heart behind it. Yeah, my name is, well, my government name, Irvin Santana. <laughs> and uh, most people call me Irv, but um, I'm originally from Miami, 305, Dade County. Still got my 305 number and everything. But I've been in Georgia now for 13 years. And um, it's been cool. Like, uh, love everything about Metro Atlanta. Don't love the sports, but that's a whole nother Another story right there. Yeah, I, I go through the struggle too, being from Miami. So we connect there. But I'm um, like you said, I'm big into uh, community, uh, visual storytelling. So I do videography, photography, love telling stories and also fitness enthusiasts. So I'm not a personal trainer. I just love doing group fitness classes, creating a space for people to come together, have a good time, you know, create community, but also get these gains as well. So, yeah, we don't have a good time. We gonna have fun. But we're also going to put in some good workouts and everything. So and like you said, big into community, uh, creating a space where people can come together. Um, and I, I'm so big about that, too, because I'm coming from, you know, where I came from. I didn't really have a lot of friends. And I used to actually pray to God, like, I need some good friends. Mm. And over the years, I think God answered that prayer. And I said, I want to be able to be an answered prayer for somebody else as well. So like there's a heart behind why I do what I do. So I understand the why having lived on the other side of it. So, yeah. And uh, tied big into, like I said, fitness, videography. I'm also, a, it's got a random. I consider myself a professional fisherman. So mm. grew up fishing. So if anything were to happen where there's a shortage of food and stuff start getting crazy, meet me at a lake or any body of water and I have some, we're going we gonna to eat. So yeah, a random fact there too. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is, I didn't know that about you. Well, uh, Every guest that comes on the show, I always ask them, how is your hair doing? That's an interesting question. So I think if you would have asked me a few years ago, I would have been like, oh, this thing flourishing is dope and everything. But I would say it still is flourishing. Mm -hmm. But I would say mm -hmm. with the pandemic and some stuff that I've been through, you know, stresses, I didn't realize that sometimes it had, uh, I guess, a physical it like manifesting the physical. So my hair was going through it a little bit. Like it was doing its own thing. I'm like, hold on. Like, what are you doing? So I'm back on the steps of it, getting back to where it needs to be the new uh -huh. growth. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it getting back. So there was just a little thing where the, the hair was doing its own thing. Let's put it like that. Mm. And uh, so it's, it's coming back to form. It's coming back to where it needs to be. So nice. Nice. So since I, is there, is this your go-to hairstyle that you, you 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 go to because since I've known you, you see fade, the fade on the side. That's that's the go to. That's the go to. The, the fade and you know 
it's like it's a bald fade and oh. i guess people just know me for that fade now and mm-hmm. i'm like hey I, i'm not gonna say i started it because by no means did i start it <laughs> in my head i'm like hey I, I think i just made it a little bit more popular <laughs> nice <laughs> nice see so do you go to the same barber same barber for years like we, we boys and I, I i made it so sometime when my barber is out on vacation and I need a cut, I'm tempted to go somewhere else because I'm like, I start looking, my hair grows so fast, starts looking rough and crazy. I made a mistake a few times, went to another barber. So I cheated on my barber a few times. Mm. Should never have done that. Mm. Like they didn't know how to care for my hair. They they were, it, it was, uh, I would, let's just say I won't do that again. So, my, so Wilson, if you see, if you hear this, <laughs> you see this, there's no, I will never do that again. <laughs> Now, you know, the interesting thing, when I go to barbers, as a woman, they always try to, like, give me a line. And I'm like, no, 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 no line. Like, I don't want a line. Yeah. I don't know why they do that. <laughs> because clearly, as a woman, you don't want the line. It's the, oh. the line is more masculine. So yeah, I don't know why they do that. I think Wilson, you know, I'm, I'm an advocate for Wilson. That's, that's my guy. I feel like he he knows what he's doing. So I, th- I think the thing that comes to mind when you're talking about just your hair and like your the physical, sometimes what you're going through in ex- internally can be displayed in your physical life. Like it can have an effect on your hair. And I think I experienced that, like the strain and the stress, sometimes you don't know how you're internalizing it. And um, next thing you know, like your hair is falling out or it's not as strong as it was or it doesn't have the bounce back factor. Like something's just off. Is yeah. that what you experienced? Yeah. So, and I was so confused because I, I was stressing over a few things in my personal life and just in real things. And one day I looked at my hair and I noticed that, hold on, it didn't look as strong in one area. And I said, what is this? So as I was just kind of still navigating life, I noticed that my stress is manifested in my hair, like not being as strong as it once was. And I was looking at it and I'm gonna be honest, like I started getting a little self-conscious. I'm like, hold on, do other people see this? Like what is going on here? And nobody saw anything, but I'm like, no, I see it though. Yeah. And I know it's there. So it just showed me how stress, if we don't, you know, stress is stress. You can't really completely manage it. You do the best you can to navigate it, but it will manifest in your physical body. And Mm -hmm. I was noticing like it wasn't as, like a part of my hair wasn't growing as strong as the other part. And I was like, dang, like, some, I'm be honest, like sometimes, you know, as I'm brushing my hair, I look in the mirror sometimes. And I was like, like, what is this? Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. why is it doing this? But no, if you look hard, you'll see it, but I see it. Right. So it was one of those things like, dang it, like, is this is this just a downward spiral of eventually just going to continue to do this more? But I'm like, nah. It, and I said, even if it does, I'm still here. I'm still alive. Like, it, I'm going to grieve here and there with it because I love my hair, but I'm like, it's all good. But mm-hmm. yeah, I did see that the physical, like it wasn't flourishing as much as it was before. So still on that journey. And I'm, I'm believing it's going to come back. It's going to stop tripping. Well, um, I wish your hair the best. Amen. I receive it. <laughs> <laughs> so this season we're talking about transitions Irv, what transitions have you been navigating through? Definitely. Uh, it's been a bunch of different transitions. And um, I guess one that unexpected 
and just kind of was sprung upon me uh, was one where one of my closest friends last year, Daniel, um, he was taken, he was taken from us tragically. And that's something where I've, I've experienced loss, but I've never experienced where someone so close to me was taken. So someone made a willing effort to take them. So that was something where it just, it just was tough to understand, still kind of in that phase of trying to understand it. But it's something where I think a lot of people may have went through it. And I just want to kind of take some time to talk through that and kind of share my experiences with it. So it was losing one of my closest friends, Daniel, last year. Mm -hmm. And trying to live while grieving. Yeah, like yeah. living literally, because when something like that happens, you want to just kind of shut down and be like, dang, okay, what, what is this? Like, what is going on? Like, they didn't deserve this. I didn't deserve it. And it's just navigating through all of that and continuing to live, continuing to really honor them by living and doing everything that y'all talked about. Cause there's so oh. many things that, you know, me and Daniel talked about and I'm like, I'm going to continue to live through these things and do these things, see this through as an honor for my boy. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the way I can honor his life by uh, just continuing to walk out in everything. So, yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. So can we just spend some time getting to know like who Daniel was, like who he was to you? How did you meet him? Definitely. So it was about six or seven years ago. I was at an event. And for us guys, I don't know how it is for ladies, but for us guys, you know, you, you know, you, you going around an event doing your thing or whatever, but it's something like when you see, like you dap up somebody that you don't really know and you dap them up and you're like, hold on, something a little different. I feel like this is going to be one of my boys. Don't mm. even know the guy. Mm. So I, it was Daniel, one of the guys I dapped up, it was just something about him. I said, I feel like this, this is going to be one of my boys. Didn't think nothing too much about it. Like, this is going to be one of my boys. So met him at an event and we just chopped it up here and there. Um, and just a real cool dude. So over the, over the next, let's say three or four years, we didn't stay in contact too much, but we would see each other at different events. And it was that same thing, dap up. And it's like, we're going to get cool one day. Like we, like this is, we're going to get cool one day, but it wasn't until about two and a half years ago um, at my church, I saw him. Yeah. And um, I, I was like, Daniel. And he was like, he, he, and the thing is, Daniel is from Birmingham, Alabama. So he pronounces his words so, like, it, it's, that's what even adds flavor to him. So, you know, most people say Irv. Mm -hmm. So there's a V there. He just say Irv. <laughs> he just do E-R. I don't know what he want to do with the V. He's saving the V Irv. for something. I don't know. He was like, Irv. And, you know, we dapped up and everything. I'm like, man, like, how you been? Like, we chopping it up. And he was just telling me, you know, everything. And from there, like we went up, we had went up and hiked Stone Mountain like a few weeks later. And we just were chopping up, me and some guys about so many different things opening up. And literally for the next two and a half years, <laughs> it's like me and Daniel were inseparable. Mm. Hang out, um, talk about so many different things. He actually showed me what it's like to be vulnerable between guys. So a lot of times I think men, you know, it's frowned upon in society to show emotion, show vulnerabilities because you're seen as weak yeah. or you're seen as you can't lead or, you know, some people are going to look at you a certain way. Daniel showed me it's okay 
to be vulnerable as like between guys like stop with all the surface level friendships like we can cry together we can grieve together so it was it, it was so it was so interesting to me so he had called me one day out the blue he's like er i you know i don't want nothing from you er i just you know you want to chop it up real quick so we were talking about some stuff that happened in our past and past relationships and that junk hurt and i kind of like i teared up a little bit on the phone he's and i was like dang like, hold on and i put the phone on mute because i was like you go he's about to hear me cry mm-hmm. and he was like er it's all good like you don't got to be tough for me like it's all good and i it, that's so simple but mm-hmm. for me i said dang you're right so i i cried he was just encouraging me and from there it just showed me like dang like all of these relationships, friendships I have, you know, you pick and choose which ones you can be vulnerable with, but it showed me, especially as a man, like, it's okay. Yeah. And we would talk about so many things about life, go through so many different experiences, whether it's a par- dancing, you know, at a party, having late night worship or prayer, call, whatever that is, like, we would just hang out so many different ways. And he just showed me about the vulnerability of being okay, sometimes even with not being okay. Because mm-hmm. I think so many times in life, we, we, we have friends we don't really even know them yes and we know the surface of them we know the aesthetics or the instagram persona but like getting down to the nitty-gritty the not so pretty parts the parts that may uh, some people may run away from but daniel was just a light like daniel was someone who when you see him he'll light up the room with his smile with his Mm. always encouraging always also walking around with a bible too i mean a real bible like not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not just on your phone not just the bible that a real bible mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just showed like his love for people his love for god was just so infectious and he showed me just living life unapologetically like not really caring what people think because at the end of the day you living for an audience of one so he just showed he was just a light to be around someone who you can talk to about anything encourage you and just a man's man like who you want to go to war with who you want to you know, go through the tough season with who would be there for you. And over the last two and a half years, like we just got so close from there because he just, mm-hmm. he was just authentically Daniel. Like if you yeah. ever met Daniel, like that's Daniel. <laughs> like literally that's what you would say. Like that's Daniel. So yeah, he was just a, 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 a light to be around. Wow. Wow. One thing you said that uh, is sticking with me about Daniel is just the, his ability to hold space for people's emotions, like to create space for you to be able to cry and talk about something that was hurting you. And, um, and I think it takes a very special person to be able to cultivate that space for another person and to allow them to feel safe in that. He sounds like a trailblazer. Yeah. I, I think you hit it right on the head there. And because when he started having those sparking those conversations and being that safe place, like that was something also I started talking about with other friends. So he kind of like started those conversations of like no more surface level friendships, being able to be safe spaces for people and in in uncommon ways, too. So like and I think it's something where we say it all the time, but like guy to guy, like guys being vulnerable with each other. Mm -hmm. That's something that's so needed because sometimes you don't have an outlet and you may, you know, you have family, you have you know, sometimes other people or significant other, whatever that is, but it's something about God that God to be able to open up and be okay with not being okay. So he was able to create that space 
and also it was able to stem in my other relationships as well. So yeah, and I was like you said, trailblazer. Just was someone who was so infectious with who he with who he was in Christ, and he would always talk about the bigger picture. Like, hey, we're gonna change this city. You know, speaking of Atlanta, like he would say, "Er, we're gonna change this city. We're gonna set this city on fire for Christ, and mm. we're gonna be able to make an impact and everything." And I was like, "Bro, let's do it." He would always encourage me and other people with that. So. He had the vision of where he knew the city was supposed to be and where it was going. And he would always talk about the bigger picture stuff as well and give us those steps and like, bro, let's do it. So yeah, I would say trailblazer as well. Wow. What did you enjoy most about him? I would just say he just being real. Mm. And we we tossed that them words around a lot, you know, keep it a hundred. I'm being real, all these different things. And a lot of time I think people mean well when they say that, but like, I can really say that he was just a real guy. Yeah. And he would have, like I said, he from Birmingham, he had his sayings and everything. He would always say real, recognize real. Mm. And I feel that because like, I recognize it. Like, I don't, you don't have to tell somebody that you're real. They'll recognize it. Yes. So I recognize that in him, that he was such a real authentic person. And just in, and how he, now, did he have everything all together? No, none of us do. All, all right. of us have our things, but genuinely who he was, just that realness. And that was, and people gravitated to that. I know I gravitated to that because in my life, I'm like, I want to be a real person. Like I want people when they, you know, encounter me or chop it up with me, like you can get the genuineness, the realness, not the fluff, the, you know, all the, you know, all is well, which all is well, but like, hey, no, we can get down to the real. So I would say his genuine, authentic realness. And I saw that evident in so many moments and it's helped me so much in so many, so many moments that I navigated through life and Daniel being there with me. So I would just say the realness of him, like you say, real, recognize, real, like mm-hmm. real recognizes real. I don't have to tell you I'm real, but you'll recognize it. Yeah. And that's something that I really recognize and just honored in his life and in my life, try to live that out where I'm like, I want to be a real person to people, genuine, authentic, honest. And sometimes stuff you don't always want to hear, but I'm being honest with you. Like, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear all the time. And I'm being honest with you because I love you. So I would say the realness and then it kind of encompassing that because real being real is that means you love the person. I'm being real with you. And because I'm being real, that shows the love there. So it was the realness. And just the love when you be in his presence. Like you just knew that Daniel really loved. So, yeah. I love that. I love that. So how did you learn about his death? Yeah, so um, I would kind of go back to, so two days before it happened. So Daniel, me and some guys uh, and close friends around Daniel and my friends, like we got together. So it was me, Daniel, and a few other guys got together because Daniel had been, kind of out and about and we haven't seen him in a minute so we got together at a sports bar and we was like hey you know let's chop it up like see what's really going on so he opened up about some things he wasn't opening up at first because I think he was holding some stuff in but then he opened up and we all just were chopping it up as men and one of the things he mentioned was you know he hasn't been he's been running his whole life like always like not feeling at peace at times Mm. so when we were done, like in the sports bar, we went to the parking lot and, you know, he was also hurting too, cause he was working in construction. So his, his body was hurting. Uh, so he was kind of limping a little bit. 
So when we got into the parking lot, we we just started praying like <laughs> in the middle of the parking lot. And folks was just watching us. And I didn't even care. And then, and we started singing, like just seeing like four or five men in the parking lot singing. And he started dancing. And his body was hurting, all that stuff. He was still dancing. And it was such yeah. a surreal moment. I stepped back out of it. I said, dang, like this is this is amazing. Like the very thing I feel like he was being at peace. I was like, I see peace on my boy. He was crying. We were crying. And it, I was like five grown men in a parking lot and mm. people walking by. And it's like, I saw that moment. I said, man, thank you, God. Like my boy, I feel like he's being at peace. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, we type said, say, hey, we got to be even more intentional, bro. Like mm-hmm. we got to be even more intentional. Let's do this thing. Like we're going to check in all that good stuff. So that was on a Thursday night. So Saturday morning, uh, we were talking and everything like that. And I was at a friend's, a friend's birthday that night. My boy Glenn, uh, I was at his birthday, and it was a few other people. I didn't realize, you know, Daniel was supposed to be there that night, but he he didn't make it. So that's Saturday night. So we hang out and everything. We have church in the morning. So on my way to church, you know, I'm driving my routine, driving to church. My boy Derek calls me. And I know I just felt something was wrong. So I'm like, he's calling me at this time. I said, this don't feel right. So I pick up the phone, Derek, you know, what's up, bro? And I could just hear it in his voice. I, I could just hear uneasiness, shaking, everything. I'm like, bro, what's up? And he said, you know, he said, he, he was just stuttering with it. He couldn't say it. I, I said, bro, what's good? He was like, you know, Daniel, and his voice kept stammering. He said, you know, you know, Daniel, they said that he's dead. And when when he said it didn't register, like I couldn't understand. I said, what? He said, Daniel, he's dead. And I just froze. I said, like, what do you mean? Like, what? Like, I kept saying, what? Like you, 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 what are you saying? Like, I just kept saying it. Cause I'm, I can't, I was just talking with him. I, I just talked to him the day before. Like what? So I found out on my way to church and I literally, when I pulled up to church, I just was in the parking lot. I didn't go to service. I just was in the parking lot, just sitting there, just looking. Cause we had, he told me, Derek had told me what happened and I was, you know, I shared some pieces of that as well. But he, I was just sitting there just looking and I just was like, I don't understand. I just don't, I just literally don't understand. I said, this can't be real. And all sorts of stuff was going through my head, even blaming myself, because I was like, what could I have done? What could I have changed to have a different result? And I just sat there and I called a few of my boys just to kind of let them know. And same thing disbelief, crying, I mean, tear, everything you can imagine. And I just sat there. I think I sat there for a few hours just looking. And so, yeah, I found out my, my boy called me on my way to church. And when I found out how it happened, I just couldn't believe it that much more. And it just, I was, I felt hurt shame, all sorts of emotions that I haven't felt that strongly 
because I've never had someone that close taken. Like I've lost people, but it's I, loss is loss. But when somebody willingly takes somebody's life, I can't understand. Like you literally, if you didn't do what you did, they would still be here. So that all those things going through my head, anger. I say, if I see this dude, some stuff about to go, like all sorts of things going through my head. And it was like, just a, ref, a lot of reflecting for me as well. Like this life is but a vapor. Like life is so precious, but it was just a lot of different things. So that's how I found out. Like literally my boy called me on my way to church and just told me the news and yeah. Mm. Wow. When you find out, I can remember moments where I found out like someone significant in my life has passed away and there's a moment of shock. And I heard you describe that, right? There's a yeah. moment of you feel guilt, you feel yeah. anger, and there's all of these emotions that you're experiencing sometimes simultaneously, or sometimes it's anger. That's the most pervasive one. Sometimes it's shock. So for you, what, what was that emotional cycle like days after, like, how did you begin to, how did, what did your grief look like? Yeah. I would say initially it was just shock and disbelief. I never, two days prior, we probably had the best moments together as men we've ever had deep, intimate openness, everything. Chopping it up as, as, as guys, I think the way it was intended. And then not even two days later, he's gone. And I couldn't believe it because it was almost like we were, in my mind, we were going to restart our brotherhood from that, from that moment. Like, hey, let's, we're going to be even more intentional. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, we said all the things we're going to do. He was talking about even like getting back in shape. I said, bro, we're going to start on Monday. Like me and you, we're going to hit the gym Monday evening. We're going to start on Monday, eating right. All these different things we talked about, being more intentional. He was going to get his, uh, another spot, all these different things. And then that Saturday night and me getting the call that early Sunday morning, all those things were just going through my head. Like, how mm -hmm. we, why, what, like how, and the sort of shock of it, the mm -hmm. shock, the, the, how did this happen? And then it was anger because after I found out how it happened, where it was something where, and I'm, I, I don't mind just sharing like even that portion of it where, you know, he's rooming with somebody and the roommate and another guy gets into an argument and Daniel just, you know, is playing peacemaker. Just, Hey, you know, we don't have to do this. Y'all don't have, we don't have to like, is, we don't have to fight. Like let's stop this. And the guy, you know, Daniel, like I said, he was supposed to be at my friend Glenn's birthday. So that his car wasn't working at the time. So they're taking an Uber. So they go outside to take an Uber, uh, Daniel and the roommate, the guy who was arguing with them comes back on the balcony. So angry over that and takes out a gun and starts shooting them. And, you know, they're running for cover, but they, the damage already been done. Uh, fortunately, the roommate survived. He had got hit, but he survived. But Daniel was pronounced dead on the scene. And when I, when like just 
picturing that in my head, somebody taking my boy's life so casually, like not thinking of the repercussions, not thinking of like you're ending him on this world, that got me so angry. And I said, if I were to ever see this Joker, I don't know what I would do. Cause I'm like, you, you took my brother for no reason. So that anger started festering in me and I was angry, just angry. And it went on for it for days. And then when I had to reason, I said, me being angry, that's not doing nothing. Like, honestly, I realized I said, this anger is not going to bring them back. This anger is not going to change nothing. This is just affecting me. So it was the shock, the anger. Then the grief started setting in like, dang, like I'm not going to see my boy no more. Like, and, it, you know, when I would go certain places, I'd be like, dang, it would be cool to have Daniel here or dang, I would have, you know, it would have been cool to have him here or experience this. Or I remember these conversations where we talked about this. I was like, all this would have been cool. Or dang, I miss him here. I remember we talked about this and it was that grieving, missing him. And then, and that went on, I mean, I'm still to this day (laughs) grieving and missing him. But I got to the point where I was like, you know what? The sting, yes, it still hurts. But I'll be doing a disservice to Daniel by still being in this state. Mm -hmm. So I said, I got to continue to move forward. I got to continue. All those things we talked about, all those dreams, those aspirations. Hey, I got to carry those things out out of honor for my boy. So it was it started off shock, all those different things, anger, the grief portion of it. And then I think being at peace, never forgetting, but then being at peace with, you know what? I know my boy was a believer, so he's going he, to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. He's with God. He's in the best place he could be. Yeah. But I miss my boy here. Mm-hmm. And. So I think I'm, I've gotten so much better. I've gotten so much more at peace with things. Never forget it. But I think right now I'm more at peace and because it, it's still tough. It's tough navigating. It's tough, you know, even trying to do my best to be there for his family as well. Because unfortunately, it was the toughest call. I, I made the call to his family. And I, I don't wish that on my worst enemy, making that call. And even hearing those screams, hearing that tone hearing that like it was something where even that I had to get over because I'm like I felt terrible being the one to say that like I felt like I was even in my mind for some reason I was playing that I'm somewhat responsible because I'm the one saying this but all those different things I just God needed to heal me because I was going through a a tough just spiral of not understanding and feeling like what could I have done so yeah it was just a flurry of emotions Hmm. What is the unexpected thing about loss and grief that people don't talk about? I would say that unexpected thing. I think, and I think some people do talk about it, but I think in their life, they don't see just how real it is that you never really get over it. People say, you know, get over it and and move on. And, you know, you'll, you'll be better eventually, which I truly believe you'll be better eventually but you never actually get over it because that person that you got so used to being in your life, doing life with is not there anymore. And it's okay. I think a lot of times healing, we have a definition of what we feel healing should be like, Oh, I'm good. And I'm just moving forward, which that's great. 
but just acknowledging those emotions, acknowledging the times at night where you may just cry. Mm-hmm. You may just be there crying and it's like, it's okay. Or you may walk somewhere that you used to be with that person and it may just hurt. And you may need to avoid that place for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just simple things like that, where it's like, it's okay to grieve, it's normal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you don't grieve or you try to act like it's all good or try to, you know, rush the process, you end up messing yourself up because you sped up a process that didn't need to be sped up. It's a traumatic thing that you go through when you lose somebody. So that process, how you have to walk through it, it may look different for different people, but walk it through, like trust that process, go through that process, go through the grieving, go through the ugly nights of crying. And the, I mean, the ugly cry, not the, you know, that tear just rolls down all gently. I'm talking about that ugly cry. cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you look at yourself in the, I made a mistake with, I looked at myself in the mirror. I said, whoa. <laughs> This is that real cry. I said, <laughs> it's like the cry that you look crazy cry. Like you look, and if somebody were to see you, they'll be like, yeah. "Is that the same person?" Like that the same person. It changes you cry. It changes you cry. I'm talking about that real cry. <laughs> so like, it's gonna be moments like that, and you're gonna have, and everybody grieves differently. So just knowing that it's okay, because I think sometimes society tells us we got to be strong and. All these, which is cool, but being strong is grieving. Being mm-hmm. strong is acknowledging that I'm not okay. So, yeah, I think it's that taboo thing of I'm good and, you know, but no, you, like it's okay to not be good. It's okay to still miss that person and grieve and, you know, cry and need a shoulder to cry. It's okay. So, just acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. And because you continuously acknowledge that, it may take a year, two years, five years, whatever that is, but be okay with that. So mm-hmm. I think that's something where we just try to r- rush the being okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's v- really profound. This idea that healing or even mourning or this, I- or what it looks like to grief doesn't mean that, or to grief well, doesn't mean that you don't ever feel the pain of the loss. Yeah. It actually is reversed that you allow yourself to feel the pain of the loss in ways that are beneficial yeah. to you and not destructive. That's so, real. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, 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 it's a slippery slope because a lot of us are afraid to engage these like heavy emotions um, because we fear where we'll go. Yeah. But one thing I found um, whether it's been in moments where I've grieved something or someone is that I don't have to go through the grief by myself. Yeah. I can connect with people who will, um, who are safe, but even when people aren't there, because sometimes they're not, you don't have to go through grief alone. You can go through it with God and There's a comfort that only God can can bring. Yeah. So, yeah, it sounds like grief has taught you a lot. Is there something that comes to mind when you hear that? Like, what has grief taught you? Yeah. And one thing I want to mention, too, because you touched on it, uh, like the people around you, how much that helps when you're going through these things. So my like my friends, I don't even call them friends, my, my brothers and sisters, like my family, they just helped so much through this season. 
because a lot of times, like Daniel knew a lot of them as well. So we all kind of were there for each other. So mm. I think that's so big that you have people. And that's why I even said, you know, when I introduced myself that I enjoy community so much and try to create those spaces because I realized how big that was in my life. So when I'm navigating through these tough times, it's my friends, my family that were able to, you know, carry me through. I'm trying to walk. I stumble and they there to pick me up again. So I appreciate, you know, and, and y'all know who y'all are. I appreciate everybody who just walked with me through and are continuously walking with me through this time. So, yeah, I think that was so big. So I just wanted to touch on that. And um, I think something that I learned from this time from grief is that how much first, how fleeting life can be, how you could be here one day, gone the next. And that was very sobering because I think a lot of times, you know, it's pride different. I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, you kind of sometimes feel like invincible. Yeah. Especially, you know, we're young and we feel invincible. But something like that humbled me. I'm like, dang, like life is. I was just with my boy and now he's gone. And it showed me how life can be just so quickly taken. But then also there's joy in waking up each and every day. But it showed me to value the moments with people and truly live in the moment. A lot of times I have plans of what I'm going to do down the line a month from now, a year from now, five years, how I want my life to look. But I'm like, no, I'm over there looking at the future, skipping the present mm-hmm. and not maximizing the moments that I have. So like when I'm, I tell my friends this all the time, when I have a one-on-one time with them or I'm hanging out, I tell them, hey, I value this moment. I value this time with you. Because when we think about it, you know, with your friends or your family, we don't have as many moments as we actually think that we have with them. Those deep, intimate moments or those times where we're just hanging out and you're like, dang, that was an amazing. You don't have as many moments with those people as you think. You think when you look back at your friends, you're like, oh, dang, I really almost only hung out with them maybe five times. Or so I learned to just really value. I mean, people say it all the time, but truly value the moments I have with people. Truly value and who the person is as well. We all have our things. We all have our you know, stuff that we have to grow in, but I value the person of who they are, the uniqueness of them, the quirks of them, even the frustrations, <laughs> like the, 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 the going back and forth, whatever that is, like I truly value my, the people God has placed in my life and just those moments. So living in those moments, it just showed me just value the moments. Tell people that I love you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll be, te- be telling folks I love them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I know it catches people off guard, but I'm like, I love, and I've gotten better. I used to say love you. And mm-hmm. I think that's a cop out saying yeah. love. You. Yeah. But I got now I'm saying I love you. Yes. Like, and I'll be telling my boys that. And it was weird at first. I love you, fam. And I don't say like, I love you, bro. I say, you know, you kind of slang it up. I love you, fam. Like, you know, you can't, you can't. But telling the people I like, I love you. You can't, you can't just you have to put something at the end. You can't just yeah. be like, I love you. Yeah, I like, can't say that to my I can't say that to my boys. I, I gotta say they gotta say fan, you gotta bro. Say bro or fan. Yeah. You, gotta <laughs> you gotta throw that at the end. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So yeah, just just and meaning it. Like I like, I love you. I love who you are. I yeah. love the moment. Like so, it's valuing the moments, valuing the time I have with people. Because seasons change. Someone may move. Someone seasons change. So valuing. And just living in the moment. So many times we try to, which is understandable. We dream, we have these big aspirations, but no, nah, I'm not going to miss this moment. Yeah. There's a, I need to be uh, present in this moment. So, yeah. Hmm. Wonderful. 
Wonderful. There, if there's always any sort of pain, I believe there's always a gift that can be associated with it. And it's hard sometimes to receive and engage that gift because the pain is what brought it about. Um, but it sounds like Daniel was a gift and he, his, his presence was a gift. And um, just, it really sounds like he was a person that tried to live with integrity, um, be who he was regardless of where he found himself. And that left a tremendous impact on you and the people he was connected to. And that's something that I aspire to be. And, um, but it also sounds like though he's no longer here, you have uh, embraced this season of grief. And um, it's almost like transforming the pain into something powerful. So I just want to say I'm inspired and encouraged by this journey you have been on. And I know that someone, whoever's listening, is also most likely inspired and encouraged. Uh, Irv, before we go, I want to invite you to, like, how can the community support you? Definitely. So... I'm actually doing a better job because a lot of times I'm like, oh, I don't need this support. I'm good, you know, doing everything. But I would say, so as I do, uh, you know, visual storytelling, also fitness, like you can check out my Instagram at Irv Santana, uh, maybe come out to a, a fitness event, uh, watch a visual that I put out there or even, you know, be a part of that journey. But my biggest thing is you can support me by not doing, it's going to sound like, by not doing this life alone like the 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 thing that i try to push out is not doing this life alone because i feel like we weren't created to you know the world tells us you know be a lone wolf you know i don't need nobody and just do this but my heart's desire is for people to experience expressions of god's love by the people he placed over here so I've been able to experience that. And I believe I'm navigating through different seasons, even with people, but still experiencing that. So I would say, because that's what I want to push out, you can support me by being intentional with your friendships, being intentional with the people that God placed in life, being intentional with your family, being intentional with the difficult people, be intentional with those people that you may not even fool, like even care for that much. Just be a friend to somebody be a listening or whatever that is, because that's something that is so near and dear to me. I don't necessarily need support. I know I mentioned, you know, I do videography and fit. That would be great if you support there, but more so support me, support Daniel, support this, support by being that support for somebody else, by being that friend for somebody else, by being intentional, by calling instead of texting, by all those different things. So that's how you can support me because I truly feel like when we do that, honestly, we'll still go through stuff. We'll still have our issues. We'll still have our things, but it'll make it better for somebody else and in turn, it'll make it better for us too. So I know that's not the traditional way you support, but you can support me by being intentional in the relationships that you have around you. 
Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much, Irv, for joining the New Growth Podcast. I have been so enriched and inspired by this time, and and I'm inspired by Daniel's life as well. For those of you listening, thank you for being here. As always, if you know someone who could benefit from listening to this show, go ahead and send it to them, text it to them, share it on your social media platforms. Also, let us know what you think about this podcast. You can message um, Irv. You can also message me and uh, tell us what you thought about this episode. As always, I would love for you to leave a review and your reviews help take this podcast to spaces and places I could never Until next time, I hope you are producing new growth in your life. Love you guys. I love you guys.